She had an NA uh, keychain. Mm -hmm. And so I ran into her at a grocery store, and my cart was full of good $3 bottles of wine. <laughs> I, I mean, and I don't even know it was 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 it what she said, um, but she just said she'd be, be there for me if I ever decided to quit drinking, just to, you know, you know, have hope. You know, I wasn't the worst person for drinking. Um, I mean, she just kind of made me feel better about myself and my situation, and she was just... She's just amazing. Um, I almost wanted to put the wine back, but then I didn't. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't ready. I right. mean, I was ready to hear the message of what she had to say, but yeah. I wasn't ready to not drink. Welcome to the podcast, Conduct Unbecoming, Stories of Addiction and Recovery. I'm your host, Benjamin D., and each week I get to interview someone from the recovery community. This week, it's my good friend and neighbor, Stephanie W., Stephanie has a unique story, as it wasn't a DUI or loss of her children or really any external factor that brought her to recovery. She just realized that she wasn't happy and wasn't making good decisions for her and her children. An impromptu intervention with a fellow neighbor in the middle of a grocery store was the catalyst needed for her to check out a meeting. Enjoy her witty sense of humor and hope-filled story of recovery. Hey, everybody. I'm here with my good friend, Stephanie W. Stephanie is my neighbor. That's how I met her. I've known her for a couple years, and um, it was within probably the last year or so that um, she got into recovery, and so we had that common bond between us. But we've always been friends, uh, always shot the shit, go to the pool together, have fun, joke around. Stephanie has a – how do I want to put this? Stephanie has a raunchy sense of humor, which I fucking love. Would you call it raunchy? Sometimes I can be raunchy. Yeah. Did I get your Dunkin' order right? Uh, um, large, large cold brew, three creams, two equals, and blueberry? You make me want to cry. Was that it? That's right. I appreciate you being here. Um, I appreciate you taking your time. I know that your dad is is in somewhat of poor health, going through some, some medical stuff, and I know that you wanted to spend the, the day with him, but you made some time to do this, and I really appreciate that. Not a problem. All right. Uh, the first question I want to ask you, it's controversial. Uh, AA or NA? AA. AA, okay. Alcoholics Anonymous. Why is that controversial? That's a good question. I don't usually explain that. Um, well, I think it's probably because I have a background in both, mm -hmm. you know? So people that are like hardcore NA, they're anti-AA, believe it or not. Some people are. They're pu I call them purists. And AA, I think you guys call them um, uh, orthodox. Oh. So like the orthodox AA people, the ones that like, if you came in and were like, I'm a fucking drug addict, they'd be like, get the fuck out of here and go to NA, you know? Oh, You've never seen no, that? No, no. Yeah. So it's Is that what like the open-closed meeting? Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Huh. I feel like open-closed is more for like family members, but yeah. Uh, okay. I think that once it, when it's open, there's no way they can tell you to leave if you're an addict. Here's what I would hear in meetings uh, when I was in NA. Um and I had no concept of AA, unfortunately. I would hear things like, and I used to say the same things. I would hear things like, uh, AA is strictly for alcohol, but NA deals with the disease of addiction. We're far more than the use of drugs or the use of substance. We're the disease, disease of addiction. And the other, they say the other fellowship, because they can't even say AA. Like, some of them are so pure that, like, they're going to be struck down by the NA gods if they say AA in an NA meeting. So they say the other fellowship just deals with one substance. We deal with the disease of addiction. That's interesting because I, I know several people uh, 
that are, you know, they say alcoholic and addict at the meeting. Um, And I mean, I would be welcoming to anybody that, you know, that came in and said, hey, you know, I've got a problem. Interesting. As right. you should. Yeah. And as right. As anybody in a right. recovery. 12-step program 12-step pro- Yeah. Carrying the message. Yeah. Step 12. Right. Exactly. Another common one is that they'll say, someone will introduce themselves, like you said, an addict alcoholic. And they'll be like, you're, you're blurring the message. We don't deal with specific substance here. We deal with the disease of addiction. Alcohol is a drug. And I'm right. like, they fucking know that. Right. 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 They're not saying... I'm drinking still, but I'm clean off substance. They're just saying I'm an addict alcoholic because they fucking call them alcoholics in AA and they call them addicts in NA and they get, maybe they go to both. And probably they're saying that because they do drugs and alcohol. Right. You know, right. this is in uh, no way talking trash on any 12-step uh, program. Both Narcotics Anonymous and Alcoholics Anonymous saved my life. And uh, if it wasn't for those programs and the people in those programs... I don't think I would be here. I do make light of it. I make fun of it. Um, but I respect the programs. I respect the fellowship. And uh, certainly not all people are like those that I was describing or all meetings are like that. Um, so if you're listening and you're not sure about recovery, man, check out some meetings, AA or NA or any A um, or anything related to recovery, because I think you're going to meet some really, really great people the same way I did. I ask people if there's one thing they could say to someone that's actively using um, you know, what would it be if they're out there, someone's drinking or, or using drugs. And it's like, what, what could you say to them that might just make them like think twice about putting the next substance in them or putting the needle in the arm? What was it that someone said to you? Because I know there was a specific situation uh, when you ran into them, I think in a store. Can you tell us that story? Yeah, there was a, a girl that I um, met. Uh, we were neighbors. Um, I had noticed when I had ran into her on her key key ring, she had an N.A. uh, keychain. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I um, ran into her at a grocery store, and my cart was full of good $3 bottles of wine. (laughs) I I mean, and I don't even know it was, was was it what she said, Um, but she just said she'd be be there for me if I ever decided to quit drinking, just to, you know, you know, have hope. You know, I wasn't the worst person for drinking. Um, I mean, she just kind of made me feel better about myself and my situation. And she was just, she's just amazing. Um, she ended up being my temporary sponsor until I found a real sponsor. She was always there for me to take those little steps, like not necessarily, you know, you've got, you know, you've got to do this big, huge thing. You're never going to drink again. It was try one meeting. That's such a cool story. I'm glad you shared that. Um, it makes me emotional yeah. because um, just the connection and the the willingness of that person to to share with you. And I think that's a good point. You know, it's like when when someone's out there using or someone's drinking, we might not be able to say anything to them, but we can at least be there for them when they are ready. Mm-hmm. That's right. I almost wanted to put the wine back, but then I didn't. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't ready. Right. I mean, I was ready to hear the message of what she had to say, but yeah. I wasn't ready to not drink. But it was shortly after that that you checked out a meeting. Absolutely, yeah. That's so cool. And that's then so I, cool. I cried the whole meeting. And I think that's, <laughs> I think that's common. Um, Did someone hand you a box of tissues? No, they handed asked me if I wanted to read, do a reading. And I said... <laughs> <laughs> I'm 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 gonna pass today, and yeah. I didn't even know what a reading was, and uh, I didn't know that it was a normal how to start. Was the, your first meeting at Southside? It was at Southside, yeah. Cool. All right. Well, let's get into our, our first story. The first story that you titled was uh, "I drank so much and drove home with no memory of how I got there." 
Yeah, that was uh, definitely my height of, of drinking and going out. Went, started early that night, four or five o'clock. And uh, Jaeger, Jaeger was my drink of choice that night, in addition to beer. Um, so we were having some uh, some Jaeger bombs. And at that point, I, um, you know, I'm sure it was 10, 30, 11 o'clock, and I decided to drive home. Took the highway because, you know, I thought that that was my less option of getting a uh, DUI mm -hmm. much safer going 80 miles per hour <laughs> than 35. Yeah, right. And um, the next day I woke up on the bathroom floor. There was n nothing more refreshing than the cold floor to me mm -hmm. after a long night of drinking, you know, or a short night because I, I liked going at three, four o'clock happy hour mm -hmm. and then drinking just a disgusting amount, and then going home and passing out. Mm -hmm. Kind of woke up kind of foggy, and I'm like, wait a minute. What is going on? Where am I? I'm like, how did I get home? Somebody must have taken me home last night. That would be really, really cool if somebody did, you know, because <laughs> I was so gone. And I looked out in my driveway, and there was my car. And I was like, oh, no. Yeah. That's when I started to realize. I mean, and that was that was still six, seven years ago. But that was when I was starting to like notice that people would mention, you know, you sure drink a lot. I was mm -hmm. at a fish fry once, where you know you're a Catholic, you're at a fish fry during that's what Lent, they do, right? Just right, that's what we do, and yeah. we have a good time and eat fish. And I think it was a Mardi Gras one, the the weekend prior to Lent. And I said, yeah, I still don't know what I'm going to give up this year. And one of the ladies said, well, how about drinking? Mm. And I was like, wow, that hurt. Yeah. Like, it really, I was like, wow. When you when you got home that, that morning, was anyone there? Like, did you live with anyone at the house? Or any, was anyone like, yeah, you came in last night? Or you... Or they were like, what the hell? Or no, no, no. Nobody had held me accountable for it mm -hmm. um, except myself. And I just beat myself up for it. Like, wow, you're, you know, you're a drunk. Did it scare you? Or when you think back to it, does it scare you? When you think like what could have happened or what? I think more like, yeah, I mean, it scares me because I think, how did I think it was okay to get in a car? Mm -hmm. Like, how did I justify driving drunk? But let me tell you, I mean, and I'm not trying to advocate for it, but mm -hmm. I drove drunk. Oh, every day because yeah. I drank every day. For sure. And I drove every day. Yeah, it's common. I mean, no, it's not something to brag about at all, but I mean, it's common and I'm sure, I mean, I can identify with it. I got to a point where it was like I couldn't even just use or drink. I just blacked out every time. There was a time period when I was younger and I could I could eat a couple of Xanax or I could drink some, some beers and eat some pills and smoke some weed and have a good time and remember it. But then it got to a point as I got older that like every single fucking time I, I used or I drank, I fucking blacked out. And mm -hmm. I don't know if I had a good time or not, but I know I, I know bad shit happened. Right. right. Yeah. Right, right, right. Because right. the police report right. says it and people are mad at me and I'm in trouble and right. my car's impounded and all that shit, you know? When I think back to those situations they fucking terrify me mm -hmm. because like you said i wasn't there like i was on autopilot or something and i did all these things and it's scary to think about what could have happened or mm -hmm. you know just the fact that i was out there doing this stuff just on autopilot blacked out um but yeah it's scary and i think about the places that i ended up on a blackout and it scares the shit out of me i try and keep that in the forefront of my mind because it's like that's a deterrent for me you know right and see unfortunately or fortunately, I guess I should say, I never, I never had any legal consequences. Never had a DUI. How did I not get a DUI? Because I'm not that smart. I mean, I'm street smart to an extent. I'm sarcastic and can be witty, um, but I'm not smart enough to 
not get a DUI. I think you probably got lucky. Luck. Yeah, there's probably like a 99% chance you should have gotten a DUI and you snuck in that 1%. Mm-hmm. Somehow you slid through. Me. Yeah. So you brought up something that you didn't suffer a lot of external consequences as far as getting arrested or getting a DUI or getting, you never went to detox or treatment. Mm-mm. Yeah. So what was it that, uh, you know, if, if it wasn't that, what was it that caused you to be like, you know what, I need... I need to go to Alcoholics Anonymous. Right. Um, I am uh, a diabetic. With being a diabetic, my uh, sister was also a diabetic. And uh, a couple years ago, she lost her leg. And then um, last November, so it's been a little over a year, she lost um, her life. Mm. Um, Sorry to hear that. Thanks. Um, She uh, died blind, Mm. um, bad heart. Uh, only had the one leg. Um, And then, you know, she ended up dying of something um, totally not relevant to her diabetes, but it went undetected because she had so many other medical issues. Um, Were these medical issues exacerbated by alcohol or drugs? uh, She was a um, a prescription drug abuser. She was on uh, methadone. Um, She was, I mean, I remember one Christmas she was so high. I was just like, I had never seen her like that, but yet she would point, you know, because me and my dad would share a bottle of wine or two at dinner and they'd all be like, wow, you know, well, Stephanie, you know, you're, you're drinking. And I'd be like, yeah, but you're high as a kite on, (laughs) on your pills that you just couldn't wait to take. Dealing with the loss of her leg. And at the same time, they were weaning her off of all of her pain meds. And she was so mad. She was like, no, I take this, this and this. And they're like, no, you don't anymore. You know, you're going to have to deal with your pain or we're going to have to figure out other ways, surgery, therapy, physical therapy. Um, But she's she she died in a nursing home. Uh, How old was she? uh, She was 52. Wow. Mm -hmm. Young. Mm. super young and so that was my wake-up call last yeah. last November that I thought my luck is running out my glucose when I would test it would be high and I thought you know if I if I stop drinking they'll probably help it um I'd been thinking that for a couple of years not only that but I'd also been thinking you know god I'm making horrible choices with men um horrible choices for my children I mean I was going to football games and track meets and things drunk that, you know, I'm sure I was an embarrassment. Um, We were at a a football game and the teacher that sold the tickets to get into the game um, was talking to me like she knew me and I I had no idea who she was. And it was uh, it was his English teacher that I the night before had a parent teacher conference with, had no clue who she was, probably because I was drunk the night before and I was drunk at the football game. Of course. So really embarrassing. He's like, Mom, that's my English teacher. And I was like, oh. All right, we're going to start to wrap up, and I want to move into uh, more talking about recovery. Uh, We've been talking about that a lot already, uh, but this is a specific um, story that you have regarding that. And the title of it was uh, How Much Your Kids Love Your Sobriety. Okay. So um, I don't, you know, it's like I don't know about if other people can relate to this, but I mean – after my like first like 90 days where, you know, I got a chip every 30 days and everything like that, I was kind of kind of getting a little not discouraged, but just kind of like, oh, gosh. Um, and I think I was getting I got like, you know, it was four four months mm-hmm. and I was um, deep into my step work and um, things like that. And um, my son came to me and we were talking and he said, shouldn't you be getting one of those? 
four month tokens? And I said, oh, they don't, they don't do four months. I said, I'll get one at six months. And he said, okay. And I said, um, he was keeping track. He, oh, he was definitely keeping track. And he's, um, he's 17. Um, and he has probably the biggest heart of all five of my kids combined. He started telling me, you know, just how proud he was of me. And then he got tears in his eyes and I was like, oh, and I was like, this is really happening. And he's like, Mom, I am so proud of you. He's like, it's just been, he said, you know, I didn't realize how much I hated it that you were drinking until you stopped. I was crying and I was crying and we were hugging. And, you know, they say don't don't stop drinking for other people. I didn't stop drinking for anybody else, but I'll be darned if I will drink and disappoint my kids because I mean, my daughters also came to me and said, you know, I can't believe, um, you know, you've made it this long. I mean, you know, it was everything. Yeah. What a gift, uh, that your 17 year old son came up and said that to you. So cool. Cause I was like, I I would have liked a token today or a chip or whatever you want to call it. I mean, I would have liked one, but that was much better than a token. Yeah, absolutely. You know, what's real funny is one thing I've noticed in, in my sobriety, there are no drunk texts. I don't have that liquid courage anymore. Yeah, which means you don't have to wake up the next morning and regret. Right, wow. Trying to explain. Who the hell is that? <laughs> um, or, oh, not him again. Gosh yeah. darn it, you're so, so weak. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I mean, that's the, I mean, that has been the big thing for me. It's like, wow. I mean, well, among many other things, but yeah. I mean, and just that my kids are so happy and, um, and I'm so happy. I never thought I'd be happy not drinking, so. Yeah. Pretty well, good. Yeah. I want to ask you another question, something that came up while we were talking, and um, I think it happens for a lot of people at some point, whether it's early recovery, mid-recovery, late recovery, but you kind of get into a rut, and you're going to the same groups, and maybe you have a home group, and you go to that group every time, and you had said something to me that resonated with me. You're like, dude, I'm so fucking sick of going to that open discussion meeting, mm-hmm. because I know everyone in there, and I know exactly what they're going to say, because they said the same shit last week, and right. they're going to say the same shit, and the only way they're not going to say the same shit is if the circle doesn't make it around to them, <laughs> but then they're going to do it the next week, and I'm like, dude, yes, yes. Yeah. So it's like, how do you, how do you get past that? You know, I, I was in a rut for a while there. And then I thought, you know what, Stephanie, you need these meetings, you know, and maybe there's going to be somebody at these meetings. Sometimes you just have to trudge through these meetings. Mm-hmm. Like, that's kind of what I just kind of, I mean, like, I hate to say that. I mean, because right. some of the times the topics are, you know. Oh. It's not super exciting sometimes. Right. Not this again or whatever. But um, you're there for yourself. And then you're there for that person that's going to come in. Right. That just bought a cart full of wine. Right. Mm-hmm. And doesn't doesn't know if they're an alcoholic, right. hasn't had that many consequences, but maybe wants to stop drinking. And you're gonna be like, "That's my story," right? And they're gonna be like, "Wow, yeah, right, right, right." So I want to ask you this: um, you put a note here, and did you really cry when you drove past a drive-through? Ben, I was, I I had a routine. Mm-hmm. I got off work at five five fifteen five thirty every yeah. day. I would scrape together the four or five dollars that I had. Um, uh, money always played an issue in my drinking. Um, I never had enough money. I shouldn't have been drinking because I needed to be, play, you know, using that money for other things. But I always had enough to buy that bottle of wine or two bottles of wine. So I hadn't been drinking. I don't. I, I'm pretty sure it was still in, like in the fresh in recovery. And I had to go to the grocery store. 
And to go to the grocery store, you drive past a, a drive through that I frequented quite often. Right. And just so people know that we're in Ohio, and in Ohio, they have drive throughs that you can buy wine and beer. It's not like that in every state. Yeah, so, I know, yeah. But yeah I, I, I didn't know that Just for around the, every corner, every gas station, you can at least buy wine and beer. Yeah, yeah. wine. Um, and I'm driving, and I'm just really wanting to drink that night. I'm like, God, I really just want just that one glass. You know, yeah. I'm, uh, what are they, romanticizing my mm-hmm. glass of wine that I'm just going to have one glass. And I'm feeling like it's a inner struggle. And then I'm like, as I'm driving, I just broke down, mm-hmm. started sobbing. And I thought, I'm so glad I'm in the program. And That's I'm awesome. so glad I'm sober. And by the time I got to the grocery store, I was fine. I mean, I was, but it, it's funny how things do hit you. Like now I can just drive by and be like, nah, whatever. Um, But early on it was grieving. Oh, it was grieving. grieving. Oh, I grieved that, that Chardonnay. And Mm -hmm. I mean, like I used to like, I'd go to the grocery store and like, it was so hard for me to go by the wine section. In the beer section, I just like, oh, it's so hard to look at it. But now I don't even like I don't even pay attention when I walk by, and I thought I'd never get to that phase. So, Stephanie, thanks so much for coming and doing this. I appreciate it. Ben, I checked it off my list of things I got to do. I do want to say, just like your son, I'm proud of you. Thank you. I really am. I really didn't ever think that you were going to get sober, and not to say like I thought you were going to die. I thought you were just going to live that mediocre, not fully experiencing joy life. That, yeah. that we do when we're just, you know, maintaining. Like I saw you going to work every day. You weren't running late for work. You, you know, you had your kids. You weren't getting DUIs. And I'm like, you know, either she's not an alcoholic or, you know, unfortunately she's just going to like never experience like some of the joy that, that life has to offer, you know? It's being present. Yeah, mm. that joy is, um, sometimes it's overwhelming. Yeah. And I like uh, one one year or one day for, I think it was my birthday. All my kids were there. And I had to leave. I had to go upstairs because yeah. I couldn't handle all the feelings I was feeling uh, in sobriety and it. with my kids. And I, I was get like, it. I, it's crazy. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. But yeah, I'm so proud of you. I was so happy when you, you're like, you're like, I got to show you something. You kept saying, I got to show you something. You texted me, I got to show you something. And I'm like, I think I was, I was busy doing something. And I was work. I think work was crazy right then. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll stop down. I'll stop down. Then finally I ran into and you pulled out your fucking 24-hour token. Yeah. I was like, dude, that's awesome. You said, I'm going to get emotional. I'm like, don't get emotional because if you get emotional, I'm going to get emotional. I was, I was like, it was, yeah. And I you remember. were part of it too. I mean, you know, you didn't see me in the grocery store buying my six bottles of wine. But, you know, you were there and you were like, well, you know. I mean, you never pressed it, but you right. are always like, if you really, you know, want to do this, you have to stop going to the three different places to mm-hmm. buy wine so people don't catch on to you and um, and I appreciate you being there for me. Thanks. And I'm so proud of You're you, welcome. too. So I'm sure. really, really so proud. Thank so you. happy. Thanks. All right. Thank you, Stephanie. You're welcome, Ben. Thank you so much for listening. I'm real, 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 real grateful to any and all listeners. If you have any comments or questions, please feel free to email the show at PC at gmail.com. Be sure to tune in every Tuesday as I drop a new podcast. Okay, thanks.